0: So here we are, yet another week where we are still journeying the what is church uh, question. And some of you might be actually sitting there going, is this the last week? You said last week, it's the last week. Are we done? Is this the last one? And, you know, maybe you're happy to hear that actually, I believe this is the way we end the what is church series. However, I don't necessarily believe this is how we end the what is church question full stop. I believe that God brought us that question to remind us that we have to be continually asking that of ourselves as individuals, as part of the churches, as people, the people of God being the church. But I think it's part of the the, the reminder, it's part of that question to be making sure that we ask it on a regular basis so that we are constantly listening to God, following what he's asking us to do and, and making sure that we are moldable and stepping into holiness enough that we can be missional, as we're going to talk about today. But to essentially do what God is asking us to do. Again, I don't know about you, some of you might be thinking, man, I'm so glad it's over. It's been such a long series, and it has been. It has literally been the longest series I have ever presented, preached, been a part of, full stop. I haven't actually even counted it, but I know that we had, I believe, 12 interviews, and then what, three on top of that? So maybe this is week 15 of us going into what is church. I believe that was a quick mass. (laughs) It's been a while. But equally, in the fact that it's been a while, I would love to hear and know what has God been saying and doing in you during this time. Because I believe there's a reason God asked us to kind of carve out this time. And in one sense, I think he carved it out for us. He made us slow down. The situation around us, God has used COVID-19 to stop us, refocus us, and have us make some changes as individuals but also as a church. So today, we continue on that question. We continue in that series. And over the last few weeks, we've genuinely kind of unpacked what it means to be moldable. The fact that actually through all those interviews and everything that God has placed on our hearts and so much coming up in the future that God has placed on us to move into and we are excited about. But overall, we were reminded by God that we have to stay moldable that he is the, the, the potter, that we are the clay, the pot that he is forming, and we have to be allowed to be shaped and tweaked and sometimes perfected and added little tiny details to. But then also that we're called to be holy, that actually to, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian, as we call ourselves, we need to be stepping into holiness, following him and, and crying out for him more and more, landing him by his spirit, change us, transform us, mold us, if you will that we would be reflecting holiness. But again, we're called to be holy, not in a holy huddle, but out there. Which leads us to the final big topic I believe God wants us to be reminded of, is that we're called as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be missional. To be missional. Now, that word in itself is really pretty straightforward. It is to go on mission. Done. But the question is, what is the mission? And every church has a mission statement, vision statement, all these things. And, and our vision and mission are quite straightforward. And, and our mission and vision are pretty down the line, as biblical as it can be and as simple as it can be. We are called to love God and love people. That, that is it. And where that comes from is scripture. Because in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it's called the Great Commission. That word mission is right there says this therefore this is jesus right before the ascension so jesus has lived his life his ministry he has called his disciples he has healed people he has done the miraculous he has been crucified and his body has been broken fully for his followers like he has done everything he's paid the price for those who believe in him already he is resurrected like the disciples around him would have been like what what is going how amazing oh my gosh they will have seen all of this And again, we may not have seen it in the flesh, but hopefully as Christians, we believe it. We're there, we are all for it. And so if that's the case, we should have the same excitement that all of them had gathering around Jesus. And then Jesus says these words, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. And after this, after this amazing teaching mission that he has given his disciples, he literally ascends into heaven. And the disciples are left staring at nothing because he's gone. And in that moment, I can only imagine the confusion, the fear, the excitement, all of these emotions that they would have been feeling right there and then. Because they had just gotten their amazing friend, their leader, their savior back. He had just been resurrected. He had just walked the earth again with them. They were all for it. They're like, come on. And then suddenly Jesus says, this is what you got to go do. And he tells them through actions that he's not going to be there for it as he ascends and leaves them to it. But that mission was not just for the disciples then, not just for the followers of Jesus then. That is forever and ever for all of us, all those who follow Jesus. We are called to go and make disciples of all nations. And sometimes we hear the word mission and we automatically think that's somewhere else. Hey, you know what? It is to Uganda and Romania and Africa and, you know, Uganda is in Africa, um, South America, other parts of the world. Yes, it is out there. But it's all nations. And last time I checked, we live in a nation ourselves. Last time I checked, Right here, gambling is part of a nation. And So actually, we are called to make disciples right here, where we're living as well. And we're called to see baptisms, people baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the things that, that keeps me reminded and focused on Jesus. Again, we talked about growth of the church and we've been blessed that we've seen people come and join us. Hey, even today, we've welcomed in a new member to the church, amen, praise God for that. But most of the growth that we've seen over the last few years, Hasn't been through baptizing. It has been through other Christians feeling called to join the mission here, at JVC. to join God's call on us as a church to move forward. But we're called to see people baptized, and so there has got to be something in us—an excitement, a joy, a nervousness, like those disciples would have had at the very beginning—to kind of go, "Uh oh, what is going on? How do we move forward? And how do we go and be missional?" And the thing is, you then start wondering, well, well what did they do? And, and realistically, you have the rest of Scripture to see how the disciples took this mission, this commission from Jesus and what they've done with it. And I love uh, uh, the rest of Scripture, really, but I love Paul's, this little entrance to Romans 10, because this, this kind of depicts me, and I, and I hope, I really hope and pray that this reflects you as a believer in Jesus. Romans 10, the first verse of Romans 10 says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites, is that they may be saved now for me it's beyond just the israelites for me it's anybody that walks but my my prayer my heart's desire is that those who don't know jesus would be saved what that says to me is that paul wants to be missional (laughs) we as christians are called to be missional yes But we should also want to be missional. Now, this is going to be a challenge for some of us because of the ways that we think of the word mission. Automatically, we're thinking, well, I should want to go overseas and preach. I should want to stand at the front of church and preach. I should want to sing a song and be missional that way. Romans 12, 1 and 2 are... Verse for the year, can I remind you that we are called to give our whole lives as a living sacrifice. And if our whole life is being given to Jesus, if our whole life is an an act of worship to him, then actually our whole life is also a mission field. It's, It's depicting, it's placing us in a place, in a position where we can be missional to all those around us. And being missional is not just preaching the word verbally, but it is preaching the word And how we live and how we act. Yes, we need to verbalize the word of God. Absolutely. Yes, it needs to be preached and heard. And we're going to read about that in just a second. But we can preach in how we love one another. It's by the way we love one another that others will recognize that we're followers of Jesus. Yes? Amen. So actually that in itself is preaching. But do you want to be missional? Do you want people to be saved? Is your heart's desire? Is your prayer that everybody who would not know Jesus would know them? because that is what we are called as Christians to have, to want, to desire. And that's difficult because there's some part, people in our lives that have maybe wronged us. There are some people in our past who've done vile things, and there are people maybe that you're watching the news about. There are people things going on around the world, and you're like, oh, you know what? I, just, I hope they get the punishment that's coming to them. And you know what? Our God is a just and awesome God. However, our deepest desire should be that those people would come to know Jesus. And you know what? As they come to know Jesus, they'll know Justice, the true, proper justice. But, but actually, as they come to know Jesus, they're going to get so much more than just justice as well. Continuing on in, in, in Romans 10, verse 14. Again, Paul wants to be missional. He wants people who don't know Jesus to know him. And he says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Can I just say to you right now, your feet are beautiful. Because you are sent to give and bring good news to all those around you. But if you don't go, then how will those around you hear? If you don't want to go, then who will? And some of you will be sitting there going, Well, you know what? I've just become a Christian, so I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Or I've been a Christian for years. You know what? I'm just too old for that now. It's somebody else's. I'll just send some money to BMS and I'll support BMS mission that way. That's not what scripture says. Yes, there's talk about tithes and yes, there's talk about support. Paul writes to the Corinthians in his second and well, in two Corinthians, we don't, we know it's at least his third letter, but that's a different story for a different day. When he writes to the Corinthians, he says, hey, if you want to support financially, we know you want to support the work. Come on, send on over. That's great. We know that there is a call, biblical call to support those who are in the mission field. Absolutely. But there's also a biblical call for us to be in the mission field. There's a biblical call for us to want to be missional. And if, if you're sat there going, but I don't want to be missional. Can, can I encourage you to ask the question, why? What's happened? Because if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, if we believe that his spirit is in us, if we believe that it is in fact good news, great news, the best news that we could ever give anybody or share with anybody that we've ever received, then surely we want to share that with somebody else. Surely we want that message to go out. Surely we want others to have the relationship with Jesus that we have. Surely we want others to feel that forgiveness, that redemption. Surely we want others to step into holiness with us, to be molded more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And if we don't, then we have to ask the question, why? What in us has been hardened? Has our hearts been hardened? Have we shut off who God is? What are we doing that we don't want that? Because church, that is a part of who we're called to be. And that is not an optional. That is not a choose joy and desire to share kingdom. (laughs) That is not a tick sheet that you can just ignore. So if you're watching this feeling challenged, that's okay. But I would encourage you to step into the presence of God. I would encourage you to pray that he would deliver you from the hardness, from the difficulties, from the the hardened shell that you have allowed yourself to come under or created for yourself or let the world create for you or the enemy create for you that is stopping you from loving God, hearing from God and desiring that others would know him because we're called to be missional and we should want to be missional. And the thing is that some of you guys might be thinking, well, okay, you know what, Jesus came and so then he brought a mission, but, but what about, God had a mission from the very first part of his creation. Like creation came, Adam and Eve were there and once they fell, there was already this, oh man. From the very beginning, it was part of God's plan to send his people. In Genesis uh, uh, 12, we read this. And this is God speaking to Abram who is going to become Abraham, whose name is gonna change and he's got one of the biggest missions ever in the history of, I believe. And this is what God says to him. He says, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. From the very beginning, from, from the gathering of the Israelite people, from the gathering of Israel. God says, I'm going to be with you and I want to send you and I want to provide for you. And hey, let's just be reminded of the, of the massive promise of, you know, Abraham being super old and not being able to have kids with his wife. And guess what? He had a kid with his wife at a really old age and like all, the, all that is yet to come. But it started right here with a, with a promise promise that he's going to be with Abram, and a promise that Abram, who would become Abraham, would be a blessing to all people on earth. If that's not mission, then I don't know what is. From the very beginning, God's people were called to be missional, and from the very beginning, they've missed it. (laughs) You know, we can see through Scripture very insular people, people who cared about themselves and only themselves. And we see that even grown into that of, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who wanted to dismiss people and keep people out. Again, that holy huddle which we talked about last week. That's not what we're called to, church. As we're called to be missional, as we have a desire placed in us to be missional, we see that it's the plan from the very beginning that we would be Holy, yes. Molded into God's image, yes. But out there, where those who don't know Jesus are, where those who have not experienced the presence of God are, where those who don't know the Lord. And so, if God had that plan from the very beginning, why would we try and change it now? Why would we try and not do what God has called us to do? Why would we try and not step into what he's got for us when that was his plan? I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure God's plans are better than mine. And I'm not bold enough to turn to God and say, that's a good plan, but I've got some tweaks I want to add. It's not going to come from my mouth. Suddenly, you might be feeling this overwhelming fear, joy, excitement, or pressure. Because if we take the words of Scripture seriously, then we're all called to be moldable, to be made holy, and also to be missional. And that in that missionality, we should have a desire to, and we question it. Maybe you're sat there going, I'm really excited. I wanna get out. I wanna go talk to people. I wanna go preach. I wanna go tell people. I wanna be sent. And we can see that it's from the very beginning. You might be thinking, hold on a second though, Adrian. I'm really not equipped for this. I don't know that I can do it by myself. Ugh. You know what? God thought of that as well. Because you don't have to do it by yourself. In Acts 1.8, We essentially realize and and we're reminded, or maybe they were told for the first time and we're reminded as we come back to it, that we don't do mission alone. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Even there, in that moment, where the promise of the Holy Spirit comes, that Spirit that is going to come and fall on us and fill us and be with us and guide us in all steps, even when the promise of the Holy Spirit is shared, even there we are told, you will be my witnesses. See, to be a witness is to be missional. And where are we called to be witnesses? Well, right here where we are, in Camelongay, in Jerusalem, but then also in Judea, also in Samaria, and also to the ends of the earth, everywhere. God knew that we couldn't do it alone. God knew that in our own strength, we would fall and we would fail because we are not Jesus. So he pours out his Holy Spirit to fill us and to guide us. And so when we start stepping into what God wants, as we allow ourselves to be moldable, as we allow ourselves to step into holiness, to be molded into the image of the Holy One, as we allow His Spirit in us to daily, moment by moment, guide us, as we turn to God by His Holy Spirit to let Him be our guide, be our word, be our everything, we realize and we recognize that we have been made into missional people, prepared for anything that He would take us to, ready to take on any part of the world. Our back garden, our street, our village, China, Africa, parts of Latin America, the deepest, darkest jungle, your family, your workplace, your best friend's house. He's called you and equipped you To be missional in all those places. The question is, do you want to? Will you let him guide you? Would you let him equip you? I've said it openly before. Yes, we see that there are giftings. Spiritual gifts in the Bible that we read about. And we know that one of those is evangelism. And I've openly said that I believe I've been called to be an evangelist. So that's part of my calling. So part of this, you might be thinking, oh, Adrian, it's natural to you. It's God's gifted you with it. Whatever it may be, you you get excited about it normally. Yes. And we see those gifts in scripture. The first thing I want to say about that is it also does say, ask and you shall receive. Just saying. So if you want to be this person, if you have that desire to be the person that goes out and shares and gives it, ask God to gift you. And if you're asking for the right reasons, you're asking for the glory to go to God, you're asking for, he'll bless you and he'll gift you because we read that in scripture. But we also read in scripture that we're all called to be missional. So actually it means he's gonna use us in different ways. It's not all gonna be the ways that we've seen it in past. We're not all gonna be Billy Graham's. It's just not gonna happen. God's called you to be you. And gifted you and created you and molded you that you would be his witness wherever he calls you to go. And so the way you are missional, the way you preach the gospel, the way you live it out, the way you connect with people is going to be different from the way I do. It's going to be different from the way your spouse, best friend, brother, mother, cousin does it. But if we all step into what God has gifted us and has called us into, we will see that we will be baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that the kingdom will be grown, that we will see those who don't know Jesus come to know Him, simply because we're being obedient to what God's asked of us. And so while I've said it before, again, we see these gifts in scripture. Some of us might find certain things easier than others, yes. But we're all called, we're all called to be missional. In fact, we should all want to be missional. It was God's plan from the very beginning. We don't have to do it alone. (laughs) We're equipped, we're equipped by God's Holy Spirit. But God doesn't force himself on us. And so if we don't let his spirit work in us, if we don't let him speak into our situations, if we don't let him guide us, if we don't let him change us and form us and make us more holy, if we don't let him speak into our situations or through us, then we're going to miss it. I'm going to share one little story and then I'm going to pray. It's a story that some of you may have heard before. Um, I went to London. This is a few years ago now. This is before I was ever around. So we're going back at least five, six years. Um, I went to London with some friends for the Christian Resource Exhibition. Um, And uh, I'm an outgoing person. As you know, I love a conversation. And while we were on the tube, um, I'm unlike every other normal commuter, I'd like to make eye contact and I like to have conversations and people found that strange and weird, I am that guy. Um, and it was difficult for me to engage with people. But I tried my best and the two people I went with were like, oh, why are you so weird? Why? are you? I knew you'd be that one person trying to have a chat with everybody. <laughs> but on the way back, we jumped on the tube and we were um, back, heading back towards uh, where our car was parked. And I had this overwhelming sense of God by His Holy Spirit prompt me to speak to somebody who was right next to me. This woman walked onto the train and as soon as I saw her, I felt I had a specific word, I had a message, an encouragement, and a reassurance for her. I felt in that moment God say to me that she had just received the diagnosis. She had just come from the doctor and received the diagnosis and that I should Let her know that she was going to be okay, that God, our God was with her and she was going to be journeying it, but she would be okay. And I stood there in that moment going, oh my gosh, that is so reassuring. But imagine imagine hearing that from a total stranger. And I played every scenario out in my head and I had all of these things happening. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Does she she believe that she, is she gonna punch me? Is she gonna slap me? I'm in a total appalling place. I'm happy to speak to people, but this is a bit weird. And I finally got to the point, I said, well, okay, Lord, I feel that this is from you and if it's not from you, biggest thing that happens is I make a fool of myself. But if I'm right, if I'm hearing you correctly and I step in to say this and it's from you, she'll know that she's loved. She'll know that you'll be okay. And I went, right, right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I went to go approach her and the train doors opened. She walked out. The train doors closed. And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Lord, you asked me to do something and I didn't do it. He, by his spirit, had equipped me. He, by his spirit, had given me all that I ever needed to, to be missional. And as an evangelist, as a person who loves talking about Jesus, who loves stepping into that space, I freaked out, I hesitated, and I missed my shot. But you know what God said to me promptly after that happened? It's okay, Adrian, I'll let her know some other way. She's still my child. I still love her. But don't ever not do what I asked. Again, In that moment, God used that to remind me that when God speaks, when God calls, we have to go. And so while I know that God being God is greater than me and that woman's salvation is not in my hands. God to me spoke and said, hey, remember, if I've called you to do something. You've got to do it. And if we look to scripture, he's called us to do something. (laughs) So we have to do it. But can you imagine if we all took that step of faith to listen to God, to move and be missional, to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to be the gospel to those around us, can you imagine? How awesome that will be. Again, he won't force us. So it's over to you. Do you want to do what God's asked of us? Or do you want to ignore him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you that you are so kind to us, so patient with us, so loving of us. We thank you, God, that even in those moments where we have gotten it wrong, Lord, you still remind us that you're with us. And Lord, I thank you for your word, your precious and awesome holy word that you have left for us to be guided by you, to learn about you and from you. And I thank you how clear some of your word is. While there are many tensions that we hold some of your word lord is so crystal clear and i just pray that as we read this clarity as we read what you've called us to be as you read what you've called us what we what you've called us to do lord i pray that we would be moved by your spirit to be the people you've called us to be lord i pray that we continue to stay moldable that we continue to stay holy and become more holy Lord, i pray that we would not stay in our holy huddles but that we would be missional and that as we step out into the mission field lord that we would listen to you and all that you ask us to do. Because Lord, we want, we want to be a people obedient to you. Who will receive your blessings, yes, but will be a blessing to all people all over the earth. Because of what you are doing in us and through us by your spirit. And so, Lord, we pray more of you and less of us. Allow us to be the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' precious and awesome name we pray. Amen.